Hey, Andy. What's up, guys? We're Andy back. Pants. Dude, how about that last episode? Got a little hot, didn't it? Dude, I, I meant to go on and see what the... Uh, uh, we got a lot of responses on social media from this Andy Stanley episode. Uh, and a lot of people were responding. And it was pretty much universally positive. It was all people saying... Um, oh, dude, I see you brought your books. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah I saw that too it. earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a special guest we'll introduce in a moment, but um, we just want to talk yeah, a little bit about got, the last we got, episode. We got a lot of good feedback from Andy, the Andy Stanley episode. Uh, none of it was negative except for one person. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, one quote-unquote friend. <laughs> you just be nice. No, just play. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was a fun episode. Uh, I yeah. think we uh, were as charitable as possible. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Switch It Up. We're here to switch the game up. So we have a special guest in the building. I'll uh, introduce him. So last year, when I was at a church that I no longer attend, an amazing church uh, that is uh, Lean's Charismatic, I met a, I was at a worship night and uh, I met a guy. Uh, and I walked outside and he said, or I, I was talking to him and I was like, oh, do you go to this, uh, the school of new Testament that they have here? And he goes, no, I, I went to Bible college and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I walked away. He was stunting on you. He was, stu- he, yeah, he, he was fronting, uh, uh I went to Bible college. I don't need to go yeah, to really some like that. thing at church. So then I'm like, okay, see you, bro. And then my a mutual friend of ours uh, was like, who knew him, was like, hey, he's actually a great guy. Uh, and he says he sucks at introductions. <laughs> so I'm just putting it all out there. So a couple of days later, a week later, whatever, he's like, yo, do you want to grab coffee? Um, so we went to uh, uh, grab coffee, and we hung out for like five hours uh, we fell in love. No, uh, we, <laughs> we hung out and I just realized like, Oh, I, I finally found one more friend out of, uh, out of very few that like is not going to be like, all right, Dan- Daniel, you've been talking about theology for four hours now. He could hang with me. He could yeah, do yeah, it. Not yeah. like hang yeah. with me, but like he could, he enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Uh, and then I just learned a lot about him. Um, and I think that, and I'll let him kind of tell his story, but I think that, uh, He's such a cool mix of, uh, he holds to a lot of reformed, traditional uh, doctrine that I would hold to and that Andrew might hold to, but he's also, uh, he's also very uh, well-versed and uh, uh, knowledgeable about uh, the gifts, uh, charismatic spaces, and he's softened me up to that a lot. Um, because he's he's a he's a he's a great mind, but he also is very in tune with the Holy Spirit as well. So I think that's awesome. I th- give it up for Nick, everybody. Yeah, give it up for Nick Smith, everybody. Dude, you're oh, gonna baby. get paid for this. You're getting not paid. by us, but by when we start by the Holy getting, Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, yeah, treasures <laughs> in heaven. Daniel late, always talks about they're gonna, Daniel always talks about they're gonna back the Brinks trucks well, yeah, the, up the, for the, the freaking podcast. Brinks trucks need to start backing up, dude. Anyway, uh, lay your treasures up in heaven. Yes, dude. I mean, according to mm. Pastor Joel, they should be they should be laid up right now in like Sandy Springs. This is my like this where, is my uh, ministry to you. So, if you want, uh, yeah, man, tell your story a little bit and like where you where you come from and then like where you lean now. We're here to talk about charismania versus reform cultness. In yeah. other words, crazy 
out of the bat Pentecostal charismatics. Yeah. But also the staunchy, can we say MacArthur? I mean, MacArthur yeah. said some great things, but also he's kind Whoa, of. Oh, that's a bad word. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's a bad word in charismatic spaces, MacArthur. Or I would say sprawl. Yeah, like there's sprawl in MacArthur. Sprawl's like that? Dude, sprawl is pretty, uh, pretty stodgy. I would I say Sproul and MacArthur on one end of the spectrum, and then, like, who's on the other end of the spectrum? Uh, Bethel? Yeah, sure. I'd yeah. say Bill Johnson. Uh, Bill, Bill Johnson, Johnson yeah. 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 And then you get even, you can get even further, like, NAR, but we'll talk about that. But anyway, tell your story. All right. Story as it relates to theological background, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. And specifically this Yeah, topic. like how you grew yeah. up and yeah, yeah, yeah. how your views have changed. So, uh, Church-wise, theology-wise, I think... So I grew up at a very, um, I guess, a more well-known, uh, reformed-leaning. Technically, it was a Anglican. Which, yeah, it's interesting that they they say Anglican, but it's. I was it just very saying reformed. that this yeah. morning. Yeah. That, yeah. that not every Anglican church is reformed, and that's fascinating. Yeah. But their pastor is very reformed, which is interesting. Well, more more so reformed, I think. Leans reformed. And the interesting thing about that is, wasn't like the like old Anglican English churches in England were reformed? Yeah. So technically, technically, in the thirty thirty three articles of of. I don't know what they're called. I don't remember. Those guys whatever, whatever. No, no, no. That's oh. another thing. His, his church history is yeah, yeah. Thirty three articles, ours, dude. The like, thirty three articles. They're it's it's technically uh, they would favor the Anglican Church would hold to like predestination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Calvary. really, yeah, yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. it, it was birthed out of the same refor- reform movement. Yeah, they come from, from the Reformation. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah. Catholic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So reformed and meaning that it was birthed out of that. Not Catholic. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, kind of that's that was kind of my theological foundation was Anglican, but growing up, I went to a, a Baptist high school and middle school. Nice. I went to also a Presbyterian high school in Mississippi. I went to military school for one year, and it I was know that. P Presbyterian to Presbyterian nth degree. Dude, there's some and Presbyterians in Mississippi. There are. Yeah. What 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 town what town was that? I was in Port Gibson. Okay, okay. Mississippi. Do you know where French Camp is? Have you heard of French yes. Camp? Yes. I knew I knew some uh, um here at uh where I went to church and school or a camp growing up, Camp Westminster. Uh the Stevenson family, they were from French Camp and uh anyway, but they were also Presbyterians. So there's a lot of Presbyterians from Mississippi. So. Yeah, go figure. So that is surprising. Th- there, and then ended up going to my first year of college was um, spent at Covenant College, mm-hmm. which is the mecca for yeah mecca for Presbyterians for Presbyterians, and then finished out my schooling at Lee University, which is pause the real quick Pentecostal school of Pentecostal. Before you schools. get to Lee, let me ask you: growing up <clears throat> in the Anglican Reform leaning church and going to these schools in these spaces. Did you, like, you never walked away from the faith, right? I mean, I'm sure we all strayed, but, like, you never were like, I'm not a Christian, right? Yeah, I would say that's okay. That's my story. So, growing up, before we get to, like, Lee, did you just kind of accept that doctrine? Were you like, okay, yeah, like, I believe, like, were, were you like, I'm Reformed, or I, I lean uh, towards these, whatever, and how did you feel about, the gifts. What did you grow up hearing about that? What was your general thought on the Holy Spirit, uh, 
powering, all that. Before Lee. Yeah. I, so before, before going to Lee, one thing about the Anglican tradition is that it's almost, um, it's almost uh, like a necessary practice that you invite other theologies into your church. Mm. Okay. And so like growing up, I heard not just reformed or what you would call reformed leaning preachers. Yeah. Um, um, there was, Oh gosh, what's his name? I mean, there's like RT Kendall would come and share. And then Paul Walker, who's like a legend in the church of God mm. would also come and share. And we had, you know, there was, there was various other pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, who were not reformed. So there was always an awareness of the gifts of the Spirit okay. um, and what was kind of out there in, yeah. in Christendom. So I wasn't as exposed to, like, I guess some charismatics growing up in a more charismatic circle. <clears throat> so you said, but, sorry, so you said in your time at Lee, there was an emphasis on, like, inviting other... Not at Lee, through not uh, at church. Lee, oh. gr- uh, growing up before Lee. Oh, oh, when you were at um, the church here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Where I spent, like, uh, pretty much my entire So you didn't grow up school. cessationist. You never grew up with cessationist teachings. You weren't like how, like, some maybe Reformed Baptists or, P- or Super Presbyterian would be like, oh, no, it ceased with the apostles. All you need is the Bible. You didn't grow up with that kind of indoctrination. No, no, no. I, didn't, I, gotcha. I would never have said that I was a cessationist or accepted cessationism. Gotcha. Um, what I would say was a lot of my friends, a lot of the people I was around were cessationists. Okay. And so I, I knew I was, was hearing that theology okay. growing up. So then you go to Lee. So then I go to Lee. I get involved in this um, uh, IHOP style prayer room. So IHOP KC. Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I got to give you our time. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I would, I would have said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really, really felt like from the Lord that that's where I needed to be. Um, yeah. It wasn't just like this uh, random wandering into. Um, it was through prayer that I ended up there. Yeah. And was exposed to a lot of... Um, what you would consider out there charismatic. Like what? Um, like what type of stuff? Experiences. So anything from being slain into the spirit to having someone tap my forehead. Were and, you slain? And not, well, I never passed out when the Where Did they try to slay you? They did. <laughs> they did. What do they do when they slay you? What do they what do, do they when do they, they slay you, you, but you put up, like, the Mortal Kombat block, and it doesn't, like, or, like, what, what, it, what happens when you're not, like, when you don't fall out? They what do they move, say? Like, they move on. Okay. They move on. Gotcha. Can't ruin the show. It didn't take. The slaying just didn't take. You can't ruin the You can't ruin the show. It's hilarious. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Um, so you would so say what, you were, what, what, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so... What are you... You would say you were exposed to things, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, you were exposed to things that some of it you were like, eh, but a lot of it you were like, oh, wow, this is deeper. This is more of the spirit than I've encountered growing up. So it was good. So Yeah, yeah. you know, it's really interesting that the Holy, the Holy Spirit is... Number one, you don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. just because you don't grow up in a certain denomination 
and develop certain practices doesn't mean that you aren't aware of the Holy Spirit or aren't in communion or intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You know, I think of the church a few hundred years ago. didn't look like anything like it is today, right? Um, But they were just, I would say, just as much um, in intimacy and communion with the Holy Spirit than than, you know, today. But I think culturally it looks different. The culture of the church has changed, and that's okay. Like, nothing against that yeah. at all. Um, but it, but it, it is interesting, and I think that's, that's what, like, unifies the church is that this deeper sense of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? Like, yeah. you, you, regardless of what denomination you grow up in, knowing the Holy Spirit is is what gives you assurance. You know? For sure. Um, the Spirit testifies, even if our hearts tell us, forget the verse, but you know, the Spirit testifies. Uh, I forget the verse. But I guess what I would ask on that is, so, so Andrew, real quick. So, well, before we get into Andrew and I's thoughts, like how, how would you say you land now? Like where would you say you land Again, you know, obviously we're all, I, I was talking to uh, Nuhad the other day. I was like, we were on the phone and I was like, dude, I get so tired of people who are like, when you're like, start talking about any, maybe it's just because I love theology, but it's like, I, I get so tired of like when people start talking about like distinctions, the people that are like, I'm just a child of God. It's like, uh, okay, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I just love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Mormons <laughs> say that too. Uh, <laughs> Jehovah's way. So it's like, yes, ultimately your, your, your number one identity is a son or daughter of God, but like distinctions, you don't want to you don't want to let distinctions or denominations be your God, but they are important to confessions and things like that are important because they let you know, this is how I view the Bible. Oh, you claim to hold to the Bible. I claim to hold to the Bible. Yeah. We both claim to hold to Jesus, but this is how I view this. So with that said, if someone were to just ask you, if you were if you were in some new small group or something like that, and we were going around the room, like we're gonna play the whole "Where do you land theologically?" I'm of this, this, this. What would you say at this point in your life? You are. I I don't know if there's a title for that, just but the closest the closest title that you could come to is maybe Reformed Charismatic. I, I was just thinking the same thing about you, Reformed Charismatic. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that's not uh, a, 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 a that's not not a thing. There are people like even Piper holds to tongues, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Matt Chandler holds to. He calls himself a Baptocostal. Like, not the biggest fan of Piper. Um, I know, too stodgy. But uh, <laughs> neither, dude. I remember when I first met and, Andrew. I was I didn't know who Tim Keller. was. Andrew told me who Tim Keller was, and I was like, dude, this guy Piper, blah blah blah. And Andrew's like, listen, man, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 listen to Keller. He's, <laughs> You're not gonna feel like killing yourself after you. But know. everybody yeah. thinks Keller's a lib, so well, he is now. But um, <laughs> no, sorry, I dig I dig Matt Chandler though. I think yeah, yeah, he, he's more on lines with. Like, so reform charismatic. Life. Yeah, I guess if you were to like, I mean, again, that comes with so many uh, encompassing and like yeah. what people what comes to people's sure. mind. But um, I think that's cool. I, and I think you know this about me. I'm a little bit more nuanced. A hundred, you're the, one of the most nuanced. So Nick and I will have conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes to uh, the coffee shop uh, at the Walton every Sunday for the most part, and we'll just talk. Um, we have the best conversations. But 
So okay, cool. So Andrew, I want to. And so and so, sorry, go my, ahead. No, go, my, go ahead. Sorry, my wife is was texting me a bunch. So I was distracted for a second. You said that your it, wife. Look at this married guy, dude. dude. Worrying about his wife oh, over his dude, friends in a podcast. Freaking, like, of course you What's wait until we're in a podcast to start texting. Me. God first, wife second. Uh, yeah. So, um, but but you said so. But I, I missed when you were talking about Lee. You said. Uh, and Daniel was asking, you've seen stuff like people being slain in the spirit, things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about all that? Uh, interesting thoughts. I think you cannot put the Holy Spirit in a box. Agreed. And I think that because we've grown up in such, like, a, uh, like with Western thought, there tends to be a lack of understanding about supernatural um, experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very hard to just say that's wrong or that's bad or it's not wrong or it's not right. Right. Everyone should be experiencing this. Yeah, yeah. I think the Holy Spirit deals with people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be being, yeah. quote unquote, slain. Yeah, um, but I think my issue with it, and I'm sure you, well, I'm curious to see what you think about this, is with like whenever I've been to these churches and like, Look, I grew up Presbyterian, and then I sort of swung the other way, and I met a lot of people at Passion, and sort of like, like a lot of my family is still going to a PCA church, and they still think all the Holy Spirit stuff is hokey, but I remember like, it was just refreshing coming out of college, because I was like, oh man, there's people who talk about having a word from the Lord, and like, it's, it's exciting to be a part of something, and like, you don't know exactly how the Holy Spirit is going to move, and that was so cool. Because uh, uh, with Presbyterians, all you hear about is doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and like, what's what's that classic quote you hear from the Puritan who's like, um, any private interpretations, if they're, you know, if it's basically, if it's not in the scripture, right. then why do you need it? Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I, I am into that stuff. But I remember um, there was a church, not passion that, I, well, we're not saying churches by name in Atlanta, but there was a church close to Georgia Tech that was a little more into yeah. the spirit. Ah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I and know now. I remember what part of Atlanta? <laughs> Midtown? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And I remember I, I had some friends. This dude, this was like 2011 or 2012, but there were some friends there and they would, they would, I, I just hate it when people are manufacturing stuff. So, like, what they would do is there, there was, you would do like, they called it like a word hunt or something. You would literally walk into Walmart and you would go, you would see a random object or, or you would see, you would, you would listen to the spirit for them to point out somebody and you would go up to a random person and you would say, I have a word from the Lord for you. And you would say something like that. But it was like, it was like a game. It's it, it very was, common in charismatic spaces. I mean, the like, way they described it, it was almost like a game. And so like, and then, and then, and then, we can get into this, but all the pressure from like, because there's some charismatics who believe if you're not speaking in tongues, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. even though that's like not biblical at all. 100%, but right. there's like so much manufacturing that happens that like, if you start saying, oh, well, a, 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 a truly, um, a truly uh, regenerate believer starts doing this stuff, it's only natural that you're going to start manufacturing it. And so I'm all for stuff that's genuine, that's like actually happening, like, I feel like when you hear it about the way it happens in China or it happens in the Middle East, yeah. it's like, whoa, that's like, nobody nobody manufactured that. That was just a miracle that happened. That was yeah, like, like sure. 
like I remember I was hearing about a church in uh, uh, China where they were meeting in this small apartment room, uh, apartment, and 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 wind just started. There was no windows, and wind just started like blowing through the place, like yeah. high speed wind. And it's like crazy stuff like that. It's like nobody manufactured that. Yeah. And and so my only concern in all of this is like humans, we can all be self-deluded and we can all like want to manufacture things. But on the other side of things, Presbyterians definitely have it wrong where, where Presbyterians are like anything that's not commonplace and anything that's not just like filling your head up with more knowledge is, yeah. Um, is yeah. kooky, you know? So yeah, there's a, there's a popular theologian, one of, one of my favorite, if not my favorite. Uh, his name's R.T. Kendall, and he says this. Our premise is this, and this is a, this is a quote from, from him. It seems to us that there's been a silent divorce in the church, speaking generally, between the word and the spirit. When there's a divorce, some children stay with the mother and some stay with the father. Hmm. In this divorce... There are those on the word side and those on the spirit side. What is the difference, he says? Take those of us who represent the word. Our message is this. We must earnestly contend for the faith once delivered in, unto the saints. Amen, brother. Sorry. We need to get back to expository preaching, sound doctrine, such as justification by faith, the sovereignty of God, and the internal testimony of the spirit. This is taught by men like Martin Luther, John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards. What is wrong with this emphasis? Nothing. It is exactly right. And he goes on to say, take those whose emphasis has been on the Holy Spirit. What is the message? We need to rediscover the power that was manifested in the book of Acts. There needs to be demonstrations of signs, wonders, and miracles. We need to see the gifts of the Spirit operating in the church, that the world will once again take notice of the church so that the people are left without excuse. Hmm. And he says, what is wrong with this emphasis? Nothing. Exactly right. We believe that the need of the hour is not one or the other, but both. It is our view that this simultaneous uh, com combination will result in spontaneous combustion, and then, but almost certainly only then, will the world be shaken once again by the message of the church. Hmm. So I, and this guy was yeah. uh, mentored by uh, Martin Lloyd. Martin, Martin Lloyd Jones. Lloyd Jones. He's solid. I love so, Martin Lloyd Jones. Let me just real Who's, quick, Nick, because this will go to Andrew and then I'll let you. Uh, yeah. So I love that quote. I would just add, I don't think that signs and wonders are what leave people without excuse. Romans one says that we are without excuse. We are we're all without excuse. Um, however, to be fair, uh, Jesus mentioned several times. Uh, maybe this is not in the right context, but he mentions if I had not done the miracles and signs. Uh, they wouldn't be guilty, et cetera. So I don't, that's, that's a whole another conversation. But to Andrew's point, yeah, like I grew up hearing that all tongues were different languages, which now you read that verse and it's like they heard their own language. It doesn't say that, they, that the, the apostles were speaking their language. It says they heard them in their own language. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, uh, so I certainly, I think that uh, Andrew and I both come from a background of like, the whole Father, Son, Holy Bible, you know what I mean? Not a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I think that, to, to kind of piggyback on what he said, though, I think that where, for me, and again, I want you to speak to this, for me, where it can kind of get sketch is like this constant desire for 
I don't think that something new and sexy and exciting. Something sexy, something yeah. like, and I, I hate to, call, I, I mean this a charitably. I don't word. like, but just like this spiritual flex or muscle. And I don't think ninety percent of charismatics are looking at it like that. I think that a lot of them grow up in spaces where it's like, okay, well, that's the barometer of my faith. And sometimes I, I feel like I see people who are in more charismatic spaces. They emphasize their spiritual gifts, skill level mm -hmm. over just their boring discipleship walk in obedience to Jesus. And I think that you don't want to just be like, I'm following the word and I don't need the Holy Spirit, but you also yeah. like your, I feel like your emphasis ultimately the whole, would you agree that the, 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 the Holy Spirit he will testify of me. His, 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 the Holy Spirit is a spotlight on the sun, right? So I guess like, and you talk about like second baptisms. I had a guy who I love pray over me and he's just like, I just pray that this guy would get a second baptism. And like, look, if they hold to that, that's fine. Um, I just, I feel like it can become like this kind of what Andrew said, like not even meaning to, but like this, like, manufactured or like we need to muster up this like this power or this gift or all this stuff i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to get a word from the lord mm -hmm. but at what point when you're going and looking for words it's like well you do have a word for them and it's repent and believe the gospel it's that jesus died for you and that you need to accept them like that that's to me that's the word above all words to a non-believer so mm. where do you land with like you know, the pitfalls or what you see as pitfalls, what have you seen, but, you know, et cetera. Or do you understand where we're coming from with, like... Yeah, yeah, and and I, I struggle with that as well. I know, you um, yeah. Where, where you... What, what I think ends up happening is because there's a culture of, we'll just say culture of signs and wonders, of, right. of, of supernatural ministry, uh, there tends to be a lot of falsehood with the real um and there also tends to be like a unrecognized pride uh with with performing miracles or getting a prophetic word or anything dealing with the supernatural yeah would, would you say that's what you're some that's a summation of yeah, yeah, just, yeah, 100%. And just an emphasis on what concern... Here's, here's the thing with me, bro. Like, yeah, I lean reformed, but, like, I, I was telling you when we were walking up the stairs, like, I feel like... And we'll talk about reform coldness in just a second, but, like, I feel like what what's frustrating is the fact that, like, that silent divorce you're talking about, there's so many things on the reform side that like charismatic, some charismatics feel like they can't accept because it's like, but it's like, dude, you can still hold on to the mm -hmm. spiritual without, by holding on to penal substitution or whatever you have. And the reform guys, it's like, dude, you can still hold on to Calvinism or whatever mm -hmm. and be open to the gifts. I think that uh, my biggest concern is not wanting desire. I mean, Paul says you should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. The word is like charismachia. It literally is the mm -hmm. word where we get the term charismatic. Like, so I don't think there's anything wrong with desiring it. Obviously, I think that what concerns me is the lack, sometimes the lack of emphasis that I see on just living out a gospel-centered, quiet life, obedient to the Lord. Like, it's like this, 
this this pull this pull away like we have to have a word we have to have signs and wonders yeah it's versus. like an overemphasis on the supernatural right and it's like let's not forget the gospel the most supernatural mm-hmm. thing in the universe is that the creator became flesh died to reconcile you and that's the number one where we should be mm-hmm. we should be preaching i think yeah but there's also an underemphasis on the spiritual so like nothing ever happens because if you look at the new testament it's so cool to see like they were moved by the spirit. They were guided by the spirit. And like every Christian wants that. Like yeah. I want to wake up and be like um, Book of Eli, Denzel Washington, you know, like blind, like blocking bullets with my hands, yeah. you know, like I want to <laughs> <laughs> like every every Christian wants that to be like the book of Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> like to be like from moment to moment, be like. Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do now? Should I jump off this ledge and like land in a car bed and like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like everyone, I think everyone wants that. And a lot of acts, like what's that place where Paul was like, he was going to go somewhere and he was like literally blocked. It's almost like a, (laughs) there was like a force field wall that like kept him from going to a place. And then there was another time where he like, or maybe this was Jesus. He was going somewhere, and then they like appeared somewhere else. They literally like teleported, like the spirit like teleported <laughs> them. And so, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, there's an overemphasis on the spirit, and there's an underemphasis on the spirit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, what? Let me ask you. What are some? What are some like cool things that you have seen? Whether at that's a good question. Your 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 the college you went to, or since um, you know the church that you're going to now. What what are some cool things that you have seen where where you're like, you know, to be honest, like man, that I never would have seen that in a reformed Presbyterian church, right? and was authentic. Yeah. So things things that I really love about the charismatic camp, I think the culture of number one, the culture of prayer. Hmm. There is like a hmm. dedication yeah. and a yeah. culture around prayer that is just so needed in our day. And here's the thing. I think on the more maybe word-centered side yeah. of, of, of the camp, there is this longing for, a, for uh, what you'd call like a culture of prayer. Mm-hmm. But it just, they don't have like the juice. They're mm. missing the mm. final ingredient. Faith which juice. Is, <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. They don't have enough faith. They don't have <laughs> that, faith. That's it. <laughs> no, if anything, if anything they have more. Mm. Um, but it's... it's uh, What's the juice? I think the juice is just a recognition of and the awareness of the power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, and I mean that from like, it, there's, there's gotta be a welcoming and an intentionality, intentionality about pursuing the gifts of the spirit and the power of prayer. Like mm-hmm. you can't pray to a God and, and, and just magically think that he's going to do something without like intentionally knowing how he'll do it. Totally. The church that we met at, I'll be honest, like, again, there's nothing wrong with simply saying, you know, even Jesus talks about pious prayers and just like, Mm -hmm. Father, you know, go into your room, not Mm -hmm. these over Mm -hmm. the top. Mm -hmm. Um, But the church that we met at, amazing, beautiful church, uh, leans, uh, they are charismatic, um, but they're so about the word. But I'll be honest, and again, Y'all know me. Anybody who listens to this podcast who knows me knows I'm I'm a skeptical guy. I'm not a super woo-woo guy. But I'll be honest, like, dude, like, one of the worship leaders and her husband prayed over me one time for, like, five minutes. And, like, 
yeah, dude, I felt something afterward. It wasn't just my emotion. It wasn't just whatever. I felt this comforter, this mm-hmm. peace mm-hmm. Um, that I've never felt before in mm-hmm. another space uh, outside of that. And then even like to the event, the teaching event that you came to Wednesday, like there's when they prayed over me, there's this sensitivity. I was talking to my mom about it, actually. Um, she said they are more, and my mom is not charismatic. My mom's uh, traditional Armenian Southern Baptist, and she's like, she said this about the charismatic. She's like, they are more in tune with the Holy Spirit as comforter and as guide. And I was yeah. like, wow, for you to yeah. say that, mom. That's like, so it's like, it's like, I, I know exactly what you mean by that sensitivity in, those pr- in, in that prayer. There's this communal it's like, best way I can say it is, at that church specifically, because that's the only real experience I have with charismatic spaces, at that church, when they begin to pray or they lay hands on someone, there is this, we are, there is this recognition of supernatural power right there, tangible mm. power. Not mm. to necessarily heal someone or blah, 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 but just prayer itself, just talking to Jesus. Like, so I think that's huge. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that also goes, you know, with, with, the, with the worship scene, the culture of worship, which is ironic, right? Because for as much as the word side of the church, call it more reformed if you want, studies the word and has so much to do with, with dissecting the word, yeah. it's like, I don't get how you can read Psalms mm-hmm. and not come out with, you know, uh, what what they, I guess the charismatic side has produced in terms of like worship. And well, they make the best worship. worship music. Andrew, can oh, we agree on that? Like dude, charismatics yeah. make the best worship yeah, music. Yeah. And the most heretical is the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, but dude, yeah. Bethel is like, yeah, awesome. it's, it's yeah, yeah. you got to yeah. give it up. Dude. Like, and, and Furtick, even Stephen Furtick, his church, even though I think he's like a terrible preacher, um, <laughs> best worship music. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, to, ours is like, Oh, great. <laughs> Dude, even passion is passion is not as passion's worship music is not. I as feel like Louis lo, real quick side note. I feel like Louis Loki is charismatic. He's a but closet he just charismatic. he's a closet charismatic. He hasn't but he, come out like, yet. he talks about the spirit a lot. Like mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. you're a pastor if you're orthodox yeah. you should be talking about the holy yeah. spirit. But like he talks about the spirit moving in passion a lot. So I think yeah. that um but, but he's anyway. homies with Piper too, so he's gonna he's he's got he's homies with everybody. Louis, uh, he is home, dude. He's homies with Joel Osteen too. Well, so. he was <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I think that'll bring us so so. We'll, let's let's touch on this, and then we can we can pick on the uh, reform side as well. What are like as of now? What are like so some downfalls that I've seen, or like some pitfalls that I've seen? Uh, I think is that one of the things with reform spaces that is troubling is Wait, like can, can before can I pause you there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just want to say there are other things that I think are great about the charismatic. Yeah, talk about them. Uh circle of friends which is I think there's there's also been things like deliverance ministry or hmm. um what is that? It's it's dealing with the supernatural, so like demonic oppression. Okay. That kind of thing. Sure. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't know. If I'm supposed to like yeah. define everything, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, just th- there's an emphasis on the power of the spirit, intimacy with the spirit, um, you know, walking with the spirit as as active members in the faith, like as 
Just being open to parts. the supernatural. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. aware of supernatural, not mm-hmm. just like, well, we live in a physical. It's almost like you're saying you're a Christian, but you're acting like you're a naturalist. I feel like a lot of reformed people do that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's a supernatural out there, but like, you know. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk yeah. about it because it's weird. Yeah. So, and there, there's there's other things too, but I I, I just wanted to, it's For not sure. just the culture of prayer and the culture of worship. There's and real quick, to lots Andrew's of point, other things. To Andrew's point I earlier, I tend to, and this is just kind of what I hold to, I, so I don't think that anything has ceased per se. What I do see in the Bible is that signs and wonders almost always were, especially in the Old Testament and a lot in the New Testament, were meant as authority markers. And uh, like, so when I hear, especially where the gospel has not gone, so like to Andrew's point about China, like, dude, when I hear, I know a guy, he's, uh, he goes, to, he went to Passion, he goes to another church now, but he, uh, older guy, he's like in his 40s, uh, milk toast, white dude, business guy, great guy, his son was in a, 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 SBC, a SBS at Y. Is that what they call it? SBS mm-hmm. at YWAM, and they yeah. went to like a remote part of Africa. Dude, this guy has this guy is not the guy to be like, bro. And then this happened. This guy's like, mm-hmm. a, a Ver, he was like a Verizon corporate tech guy. So he has yeah. he's not going to make this stuff up. But he was telling me this story about his son, literally witnessing this guy in Africa die, and then or I forget what it was, but it was like this heal, this radical healing. Um, I tend to believe that stuff specifically, not to say it can't happen here. It's not what I'm saying. But when I hear about that stuff in places that the gospel has not gone or they have like a freaking scrap of John, they don't have the Bible. I tend to be a lot more open to those things. What I do see is that I do see where the word, where we have freaking the Bible on our phone, um, where we have whatever, again, I'm not saying that miracles uh-huh. and signs and wonders don't happen. Yeah. I just see, I see, uh, I guess I see it less. Um, but again, I don't want to base my theology around what I see. It's ultimately based on the word. Um, I think the danger can become like, so Andrew and I knew a woman, I'm not going to mention her name or the church's name, but she was going to the sweetest woman ever. She was going to this church, charismatic church, and they were doing, what was it, healing pools? Uh, uh, they call it like a, the river. The healing um, river. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like, the spirit, Holy Spirit would show up in a river, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then eventually she wasn't healed. And then a woman told her, well, that's because of unrepentant sin in your life. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, Just, then, and then they basically, she kind of got everybody at the church believing that, oh, well, this person isn't being healed because of unrepentant sin. Starts blabbing that to everybody. Starts telling everybody that. Oh no! It's like, oh well, she's she's obviously not being healed because yeah. she has unrepentant sin. It's Yikes! Like, it's like, yeah, it can go. This un, when there's unbiblical teaching, it can go sideways in like a ton of different ways. But certainly, biblical teaching can go sideways in a ton of different ways. So like, Satan will find a way in wherever he can. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing happen to me at at Lee. Oh, I yeah? had a what? Uh, I was sick, uh, and was prayed over and uh-huh. uh, I, <laughs> why are you laughing you said and, uh, sorry uh-huh and uh <laughs> i already know what's coming <laughs> Yo, Andrew. uh-huh <laughs> let me guess what happened i was like go ahead and uh yeah it was just prayed over and uh wasn't healed 
And <laughs> there was something. The problem was I, you. <laughs> victim blaming. Victim blaming. I, I was. Like, I love. I just love that. It's like. Well, you just have sin. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. prayer was my yeah. prayer worked. But you have secret sin. You're not well, telling us. Well, I was told. I, I asked the pastor. I was, I was like, "Hey, I didn't get healed." He's like, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally Nick too." Hey, uh, just flatline. Hey, I didn't get healed. Yeah, I didn't get healed. So, uh, what's the deal? Talk to me about your theology. <laughs> the the basis of the answer was you need more faith, and I was like. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think but, that's how Can I get a scripture for that? Or? <laughs> uh, um, now, on the flip side, I have seen healings, and I know people who have had cancer, and uh, it's disappeared yeah. because of being prayed over. Mm. So yeah, I believe that. I, I know these 100%. things. Like, mm. he is Jehovah Rahi, Ro, yeah. Roha, Ro, how do you Rafa? say it? God is our healer. That's what I'm trying to Rafa, say. Yeah. yeah. I think... Mm. Yeah, it's part of one of his names. So, for sure, I think it's like we would all three agree. Like, it's in his sovereign will, or what? If even if you don't want to use that term, sovereignty, because you feel like it sounds too reformed. Like, <laughs> love some sovereignty. Like, God is sovereign, dude. How many verses are there about like even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Our God will save us, but even if He doesn't, or even Paul, like. God not taking the thorn, or Timothy still having a stomach ailment that he needs to drink wine. Drink for. wine. Right. Take shots. Nothing. No. <laughs> but like, I love, uh, I know you don't love American gospel, but I did love a line from that where it was like, God had a great plan for Stephen's life and it was to get stoned to death. Like, yeah. you know, I was teaching first Peter and it's like, if it should be the will of God for you to suffer, like, dude, we can't get away from that. Now, again, I feel like guys like Piper, or like super staunchy reform guys, might go a little too hard with that sometime. He assumes of like, your whole life. If is you're not suffering, listen. If you're, if you're enjoying a pumpkin spice latte <laughs> in October, are you even saved? Yeah. Like, if you're enjoying something, what's wrong with you, dude? That's like, and, and here's the thing. I want to say, dude. I love Jonathan Edwards, but dude, like when you read some of like his uh, stuff, intense. it's like, bro, yeah. you, you need to like go freaking take yeah. a lady on a date and just like <laughs> relax, dude. Like, uh, they, they, and 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 the Puritans, like, I get it; they were reacting from like they they were trying to be faithful, but what was the whole thing of like they wouldn't laugh? They they thought like Jonathan Edwards thought you shouldn't be laughing on the Lord's Day, like you should be like, jeez, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't he write a mighty fortress is our god? Uh, Martin Luther wrote that, but he okay. did write something that a lot of us had to read in high school, which was "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." Yeah, yeah, which is, to, people hate. Nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Oh, people hate that. Yeah, it, it's pretty. It's pretty dark. He describes yeah. uh, uh, you're like you're like a, a spider uh, dangling over the fire. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. The, look, the Puritans. Nobody gets it right. Puritans. <laughs> nobody gets it right. <laughs> huh. Um, I'm curious to hear what other what other things have you seen where you're like you're like like um true like not fake um not manufactured situations but like things where you were like man this is this is real seen or done seen or done so the, this is the interesting thing right like the the gift of prophecy I think the but the Bible mm-hmm. there's there's scripture for this there's mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a open-ended, this yeah, yeah. is what I feel, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but when you look at like the prophets in the Bible and what prophets, what modern day prophecy is, mm-hmm. like, I think there's a confusion of like, oh, if you're, if you claim to 
have the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. That means you're Elijah. But I think real quick, I and, think I think I just want to say, and then I'll let you continue. I think where people get caught up is that one would ask, if you're claiming prophecy, are you not claiming "Thus saith the Lord"? No. Okay. No, you're not. Okay. Um. And it, yeah, I think that's where you have to be careful because you're not given the authority like. Elijah or Moses or an apostolic authority or that that kind of authority yeah no like the scriptures already been written yeah but I think what people also fail to uh, remember was that the prophets in their day were speaking the heart and mind of Christ I would agree with you to the culture because the church in Corinth were prophesying and not all of that was written down for canon or New Testament so it's mm-hmm. like obviously yeah. there is a place in the Bible for prophecy um so how do you, I think to Andrew's point, or just, to, how do you test that? How do you? Yeah, so how do you, how do, you do Obviously, that? it has to line up with the word, but also, like, just in practicality, like. Yeah, so I think intimacy with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and then you discover your spiritual gifts. Um, it's, it's really interesting the ways that you can, quote, unquote, prophesy, mm. um, which is another, again, like, in different streams of Christianity, the, the culture and the language used around prophecy is different, mm-hmm. it, and it's going to look different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, at, at Bethel, you know, I would say, or in a more Bethel-like setting, it's, it's very appropriate to say, I hear the Lord say, um, mm. versus like maybe if you're in a more reformed setting who, and they believe in the gift of prophecy, it might be better, like you might hear people say, um, God laid I it on my heart. <laughs> God put this in my spirit, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Yeah. what I sense from the Lord is yeah. this. Yeah, Presbyterian, you know, so, Yeah, even Presbyterians will say, "Brother, God really laid something on my heart." Yeah, they don't <laughs> want to say God, the They don't thing. want to say God spoke to me because. Oh like, no, yeah, no, yeah. no 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 no! That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Although, but it, uh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. So, uh, so <laughs> I saw I saw a lot of like prophetic giftings activated and people prophesying and afterwards over spoken over me mm-hmm. that were accurate. Like someone was literally reading my biography and huh. they didn't know anything about me, huh. which is wild. I mean, fortune tellers do that too, Nick. Yeah, they do. Um, which is I'm another just throwing careful. out the, throwing out the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cynic, which is another careful distinction. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the gift of discernment is needed because mm-hmm. Just because you're doing a supernatural act doesn't make it of the Holy Spirit. What would you yeah. say to someone who says the Bible is profitable for teaching, building up instruction, that the Word is all you need? I would say read the Word. Because the Word <laughs> also includes the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to that point, I was just looking up the gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And a lot of those are related to like understanding the word boring yeah 100% you know 100% so but it's interesting like people do will read the bible and look for like patterns in scripture and they'll be like like even um at the grove conference last night christine kane was like i'm always kind of like sketched out when people do this but she was like you well, see yeah sorry go ahead she was like you see the israelites uh, I'm going to do it with the accent. Dude, yo, he does a great. I was, I was yeah. spot on. It's your heart. It's, your heart. <laughs> it's both. 
<laughs> it's <laughs> good. But she was talking about. She was like, the Israelites had to cut off the foreskins before they could go in the wilderness, and just like that, you have to cut uh, your sin. And and Katya was explaining to me, and I was like, mm, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but people do look. I mean, it's true. No. <laughs> PCA. Uh, no. PCA alert. No. no. Yeah. But dude, I'll be honest, there are some things that like I feel like I do and then sometimes I'll look at it and be like, ah, I think I've been taking that out of context forever. Like we've all heard where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. My dad would always say that growing up. Yeah. But I don't think it means uh <laughs> I don't think it means as much as I want it to believe where two people are gathered, the Holy Spirit's there, yeah. but but I don't think it means that. What do you so, think it means? Uh, I think in the con. Do you know? I, think I don't in, know that verse well enough. I think in the context. The uh, I think in the context. It, it doesn't he say? I, it? I know what you're talking about because I've heard that yeah. verse quoted. Yeah, many and like times, I wanted to believe that. I wanted to believe that, but I don't think the, that's what it's about. <laughs> and I was reading an article too, and it, it was like, no, this is not what this verse means. And I was like, yeah. ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's tons of those, right? Where like people sure, use verses out of context, but yeah. it's still a truth. Like, yeah, the Holy Spirit's like here, but like witness. not because two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the great, great cloud of witness. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, lol. Okay, lol. So, so the so the question is, you've got people like Christine Kane and, and me and other people who are like, oh, well, that's a pattern of scripture. I'm gonna like, and then you've got people like taking things out straight up, taking things out of context, and so. It's like you can use scripture and abuse it to mean what you want to mean. Yeah. And sometimes people think that has more legitimacy than a word from the Lord. But it's like, well, you've just taken a Bible verse and you've twisted it and abused it to mean what you want to mean. Right. As opposed to, I can see the argument to say, uh, you know, and I'm not going to come along and say that somebody doesn't have a word from the Lord. Uh, I would say if it holds true and it rings true and it leads somebody to fruits of the spirit and godliness and all that stuff, then like it could very well be a word from the Lord. But, but couldn't that just be walking to, to play the, ref, not to play the reformed Baptist guy, but like, couldn't that just be walking by the spirit? Like, does it, I think what a lot of reformed people have, what they struggle with is like a word from the Lord. It does sound. Cool. Yeah. It sounds very like Isaiah, like, at, yeah. like yeah. versus like yeah. walking by the spirit being sensitive to his, mm -hmm. like, his, yeah. his, his leanings. And by the way, that that passage about two or three or more gathered, yeah, I, don't, I, I agree with you, Andrew. It's the, if your brother sins against you. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, so the whole passage is about unity. Like he's talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, like, yeah, guys, yeah. be in unison when yeah, you pray. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, where were we? We were talking about the issues of, oh yeah, no, the, no, no. Thus we, saith the Lord. You, you asked me what I'd seen about what I'd seen that's good mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the cares charismatic circle. So the healings, the mm -hmm. prophecy, the, I would say another thing is just like, just sweet intimacy. People being yeah, pouring their hearts out mm, um, yeah. and, and genuinely mm -hmm. having a deeper desire um, to worship God, to pray, to mm. become a, a, a better disciple, if you want to mm. call it that. Yeah. Or a more intentional disciple. Mm. So, yeah, dude. Like, it's interesting how in our in our theology we want to have God so buttoned up 
but that also leads to a question of like, what are we here for? And for the reformed and more theologically minded, it's we're here for teaching. And we come and we listen to the teaching and we leave, whereas I think charismatics are way more in touch with like, oh, the spirit is actually present when we meet. You know, and like, what is God going to do today? And Louis always talks about uh, anticipation and like um, uh, uh, it, it being expectant. Right. Um, and like, you know, and I totally get that because it's like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm, it's like my, it's like a mindset shift. Like Presbyterian is going to church. They're not expecting uh, the Holy Spirit to move, but the Holy Spirit might want to move. But if everybody there is like, no, the Holy Spirit's not moving. We're just, we're just reciting teaching to each other. Right. I'm just filling up my head with more head knowledge. Mm. Whereas if you go to a church that's more in touch with the spirit, they're like, oh man, what does God want to do today? And that can be, that can look a lot more like Acts because Acts is crazy. Uh, Peter did this. Paul was doing this. Everybody was fighting. They got thrown in jail. A force field shows up, you know, like, so. At, at the same time, just to <clears throat> kind of play devil's advocate, no pun intended, but like, I feel like the, where that can, Nick's smiling, I feel like where that can go, <clears throat> and I agree with you, mm -hmm. I feel like where that can go wrong on the other side, since we're, you know, we're fair and balanced, is like, the spirit has to move today, this morning. Like, oh man, did you uh, did you go to the ten o'clock right, or the the twelve, right. the five o'clock? Dude, the spirit was moved. Right. Of course, the spirit can move, but like, what? Have you ever heard anybody be like, dude, did you go to the ten o'clock? The spirit didn't move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or just like, or just like, man, that was a really good word that the pastor spoke. He really exposited that really well. It's like that's not sexy all the time. It is for reform folks, but like in a lot of charismatic spaces, I've seen it's like. Oh, dude, I missed where the freaking spirit was moving. Dang it, man. Like, I wanted to go to the one where it was, like, so swelled up. It's like, uh -huh. we kind of, like, I wouldn't even say debated, but we kind of, like, were sharpening when, when the whole Asbury thing was going down. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people were, like, I just got to get the Asbury. I got to get the Asbury. Got to get my hit. I got to get, like, <laughs> I feel like it's, like, I feel like it's, like, sunlight. Like, here's the Holy Spirit sunlight. I have to, like, step into the sunlight. And it's like, yeah. I'm not saying God can't move in certain places. Revivals happen, dude. Mm -hmm. But I will say, I, again, it's about emphasis. Like, I feel like sometimes people put emphasis on that versus, like, dude, just, just go to your local church. Read your Bible. Be a good disciple. Be obedient. Be open to the sensitivity of the Spirit. Like, always looking for that next. I don't want to say hi because I don't but, want to. But that is, you said be open to the sensitivity of the Spirit. That is being open to like, oh, maybe God wants me to go to Asbury. Sure. Maybe, I'm not God, wants, not. maybe God wants me to give yeah. a sandwich to that homeless man. Maybe God wants me to yeah. ask this person how their day is going. Of course, you know? 100%. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's not. I just, I'm mm -hmm. talking about emphasis though. Like, if it's always what's the next big thing yeah. versus like, what about the sensitivity to the spirit to be peace, joy, patience? Like, what, 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 right. about, what about that? Like, how often right. I would just ask the people who, are very steep in that. How often does the spirit give you a word of just like, I need, need better be self-control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Come on, Andy. Yeah. God, guys, I PC have PC like, Andy. <laughs> guys, I have a sexy word from yeah, the Lord come on, dude. that's telling me to be more self-controlled with my spending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, yeah. No, I yeah. totally, guys, I just feel the spirit right now telling me uh, <laughs> that uh, I wrote I, off something on my taxes that I should have written off. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, no, I think you're right. The, because the goal of our faith is Jesus. 
Amen. It's like mm-hmm. to an, what does the Westminster cate- cate- catechism say? Ooh, yeah. Man's, uh, man's chief end is to man. glorify God, God and enjoy Him, him forever. forever. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a charismatic Jesus, quote in the Westminster, dude. The, you gotta love the, it. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesus Himself. That's always the goal. And then it's mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then it's um, getting people saved. If you want, if you I want, I would to, just say too, like we can't the, save fair, the lost. To Andrew, to your point, like, yeah, Acts, I'm not saying that we shouldn't emulate certain things, but there, are, I think there, we would all agree, there are things in the Bible yeah. that are descriptive and prescriptive, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, Pentecost was what it was. So let's talk about the manifest presence of God, because I hear that a lot from charismatic spaces, Whoa. where it's like, okay, we all agree if we're in orthodoxy, God is omnipresent, he's mm-hmm. here, he's mm-hmm. within us, et cetera. But then there's like this extra, like, yeah, but he's like really there. But yeah. he's like, but he's yeah. like actually. But have you like really got? Yeah, him? but like I understand. Yeah, he's there. But like, you, you know like, what's <laughs> you know what's interesting though, and is that all of the great revivals in history, especially the modern ones, like I'm thinking Count Zinzendorf and the Moravians, to like the Hebrides. What about the Reformation? To, wait, wait. Would would you say? So all of the modern great great revivals. What were saying them? What, what were some of them? So Count Zinzendorf and the Moravians. Where was that? Yeah, he knows. That was in. That was in. That was in. Uh, I guess modern day Germany. Huh. Yeah. What year? What I'm stumped years? on that one. It was. Okay. It was old. It happened. Though. Okay. Old. Old. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's like it definitely happened though. <clears throat> we can. Dude, we can look it up. Dude, I mean, I mean, the Great Awakening. Sure. In America. But to so the, that. To point, so what the marks, great. What marks revival though? Right, so I would gonna, say repentance. I'm going to get to that. Go ahead. But so even the Great Awakening was a result of the Count Zinzendorf. Hmm. Um, it like that came from his movement, hmm. which influenced Europe and then came across to the Americas. Hmm. Hmm. Um, the year was uh, let's, let's find this year. While you're looking, I'm just going to say, and then you can respond to it. I'm all for revival. I think that the number one thing that will mark true revival is fruit of repentance, mm-hmm. of being in step with Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, repentance of sin. Like, but you got to admit, it's like a revival is a lot of people, right? It's it's like a movement. It's something that happens. Sure. And people yeah. are like, oh man, I was there for that, and there was a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit. Yes, accompanied by repentance. Of sins, I would so say if it's year. not accompanied by repentance, I don't know how that you could call call it a revival. And again, it's, I'm not saying it needs to be solely about repentance, but like it can't just also be this emotional high that you had. Warm feel, warm. Yeah, fuzzies. the fuzzies can't just dude, be the fuzzies, dude. dude. I literally my my notes my notes for this episode. I literally all all I had in my notes was <laughs> what. <laughs> Just says baptism. <laughs> Dude, that should be the cover. Please make that the cover of the, this episode. Please, Andrew, I'm begging you. Make the make the artwork for this episode. Baptism for fuzzies. That has to be the name, dude. Oh, great. Bullet bullet point one. Bullet point one. Baptism oh, my. Point two, warm fuzzies. Baptism warm fuzzies. Um anyway, you were talking about count. Zinzendorf, what year? Eagerly yeah, desired the warm fuzzies. 1700s. 1700s, okay. Yes. In and, Germany, uh, 
in Germany. Yeah, huh. or a modern day. Germany. So that was like it around was the post Reformation. The, that was like around the time of the um, you know the colonies were in America were starting up. Yeah, and then that led to the Great Awakening. Yeah, dude, George Whit. Have, do you know about George Whitfield? Not a ton, but I mean, dude, I, I know who the George guy is. George Whitfield was a boss. He was a one of the ma- he was he was like Billy Graham in the 1700s or 1800s. Yeah, and they said that you could hear his voice for like five miles, like oh, without really? without a without a uh, you know there was no amplification yeah, yeah. back then. But he had this little stage that he would set up, and he would go everywhere, and there were just thousands and thousands of people coming to hear George Whitfield. And you can read all of his sermons today. Uh, but he had this little stage he would set up, and they said that people would like get naked and like be in the trees behind him to like distract people because dude it was like it's almost like it was, it was like satan's desperate attempt to be mm. like ooh i got to I, I, or I maybe they just... were just in the spirit um yeah. so no, <laughs> what do you think about azusa azusa so what do you think again i'm that's throw- supposedly the start of the of the modern day pentecost so so pentecostal so okay. check it out and then i'll let you go so this is like the this is like the the, the cessationist hyper reformed argument that modern day Pentecostalism is 120 years old. Not tongues, not prophecy, but right. just the idea of second baptism, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, you know, uh, you know. Uh, barking like dogs, um, uh, Amy Simple McPherson, uh, things you know, things of that nature, and that that wasn't around until yeah, 1901 or whenever. Uh, what's the guy Seymour? Yeah, yeah, no. was at Azusa. What do you? How would you respond to that? And I don't, I don't know so a lot of, ton let about me, that. Let me go back to my point with the great revivals in history or the modern day revivals is that, and I guess not modern day revivals too, but most of these revivals start with, or uh, what you would call a revival have started with some tangible, when you think about, when you think about like Zinzendorf, but none of, none of these started with seeking like the point I'm trying to make is n- none of these great revivals started with seeking an experience hmm. or the what you call like the the yeah. the manifest presence of God. It started with seeking God himself. Ooh, yeah. And yep. as a result, God God came where he was he was wanted, right, yeah, so right, right. to speak. Yeah. yeah. But the the what ends up happening is is God came and he he often displays a tangible like a tangible sign. Mm-hmm. So with the Moravians, they were all praying in a building and then they, there was an outpouring of the Holy spirit right. as what's what they would call it. And as a result, people were, when you, when you think about the apostles at Pentecost and they were like, they were drunk. These men are not in the scripture say, we suppose these men were drunk yeah, or something to that line. I'm, I'm butchering that, but yeah, no, no, no. For there sure. was yeah. for someone to come up to someone and, and say, Hey, these men they're like drunk. They were acting abnormally, what we would consider. Sure. Yeah. I got so, you. Okay, that's fair. I mean, yeah, the the Holy Spirit does things, right? But or in the Hebrides where you had these really reformed uh those were prop yeah. Presbyterians. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Held to 
Calvinistic doctrines right. in trances, like for days. Andrew, just what guys, do you think about all that? guys going like this. What do you think about all that stuff? Slain. Dude, I'm down with it as long as it's not, I mean, manufactured. Uh, God can certainly do things that were not specifically cited in Scripture. Like, sure. yeah. I can see, I mean, there's Old Testament. I mean, I mean, uh, there's a ton of stuff in the Old Testament where, you know, being prostrate, being prostrate on the ground was just being, like, on your face. But wouldn't that be more reverence than, like, being overwhelmed by a compulsion to, like... Yeah. I mean, you're still... You're still flat on the ground, okay. you know. Um, but uh, also, all the things that Jesus did wasn't recorded. Yeah, all the miracles like, that Jesus did. Sure. Yeah, recorded. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's like yeah, the God can do whatever He wants to do. I wouldn't say that. I'm not gonna come along and say that. Now, where where I think it could get hokey is if you start saying you have to be slain in the spirit. You put that in somebody's head, and they're like, "Yeah, you're putting God, you're putting the Holy Spirit in a box." And I, yeah. I don't think that's where yeah. God is honored, dude. Like, uh, okay, but sorry, go but ahead. but um, to finish, just to finish my point, Daniel, is that so? No, these these folks were not seeking the experience of God, but as a result of seeking God Himself, they experienced yeah. something, what you would call a manifest, tangible presence of God. And as a result, the gospel was preached. Missionary movements were started. Yeah. Um, cities were revived. Yeah. Um, and you saw people coming to Christ and growing in Christ and discipleship. Yeah. And I definitely think God, I didn't coin this term, but God draws straight. He draws straight with crooked lines. Like he, like, like, you know, obviously I would have certain whatever with like Azusa or Amy Simple McPherson, but reality is is that she set up the road for Billy Graham. She set up the road for, she was what, the first radio evangelist ever? Yeah, she whenever. Was a, she was a woman, Andy McPherson? She, start, yeah. a, a, she started uh, Foursquare. She started Foursquare. Amy Simple McPherson. But yeah. she was the first one to story. like. Huh. And I could be wrong on that, but from what I understand. No, 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 she for was sure. She was, and and, and, and uh, she was kind of like a celebrity. Yeah. Um, and but, she was a woman, so <laughs> <laughs> like she can't preach. Yeah, but it's nice. No. Yeah. <laughs> PC Andy. <laughs> I mean, you could you could argue that uh, you could argue that uh, she. I mean, whatever. We're and not going to get. Yeah, it. we're not, not going to get. And, 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 that's not. And, and she got. And she got divorced twice. But um, that's, oh, there we go. There's <laughs> the fruit. There's yeah, the fruit. <laughs> She de- no, but to your point, uh, we could also look at C.S. Lewis. Like, dude, C.S. Lewis had some really weird theology yeah, sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. obviously yeah. Like, he was we Anglican, don't, huh? He was Anglican. Yeah, he was Anglican. Yeah, yeah. dude, that, dude, that's what people don't get is that um, Anglicans from like the 1700s and 1800s were like the most solid dudes ever. Like, it was basically like Reformed theology. Yeah, because it was the Church of England. And yeah, not Catholic. Yeah, it was like Puritans <laughs> were the ones who ended up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we can near the corner. Uh, let me ask you. So it, today in the church, where do you feel like the bridge? We talk about the silent divorce. What do you feel like a good medium is? Like, what do you mm. feel like? Yeah. What do you feel like a good? Okay. Uh, do you want me to answer that question now or go back to your other question? You can do either. Which one would you like? The first one. The first one. So go, go back to the initial question. Okay. The initial question was, what do I think about Azusa? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think any great revival happens with there's both 
the dove and then the pigeon. So pigeon religion right. is manufactured Holy Spirit. So you, you know. think with any great revival, I guess because God is working through humans, there's going to be flaws, there's yeah, going to there's be gonna fakers, be a there's going to be demonic affront. It's just hard for me. Dude, dude, and, and I'll say got questions guy who we love. It's yeah. funny we act like you act like got questions is this just person, but there is a person behind it who has a perspective. He's very like uh very against. conservative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 um like yeah, when I looked up his his uh Is this Brown? Huh? Is this Brown? Brown. Is this Mike, Michael Brown? He is Brown. Is, is is Michael Brown? Is that who no, no, owns no. Michael Brown's questions? Kid, no, 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 no. no, no. Okay, okay. okay. Got yeah. questions. Okay. No, but Different he guy. he uh he. I would say that he's cessationist because. And uh, I did learn. I think I might be cessationist because I might hold to like. I, I don't think cessationist means that God doesn't work. I don't think a cessationist person is saying that God doesn't work. They're just saying that God, in 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 a commonplace regular output of like tons of miracles that it's not normative it's not normative and i i think i would agree to that i I don't know if that may so so like the the what most cessationists will tell you is that to be fair to them because i think i do think charismatics like are like oh the, the spirit can never do anything what a cessationist will tell you is god can do whatever he wants he can heal whoever he wants he can yeah. do whatever he wants yeah. however the normative means of signs and wonders are no longer as necessary because we have the full revelation of God in the Bible. Yeah. And I think that mm. I would tend to lean that way. And it doesn't mean like, you're not, it doesn't mean you're like, like you, 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 there's that book, the normal Christian life. It's, it doesn't mean that it's not, it, it's, it's normal. It is normal to be a Christian, right. to follow the Lord faithfully and to not walk out my door and, and zang somebody with the Holy Spirit. They also point to how, like, <laughs> and again, this is just, now, now, let's be clear. There is no verse in Scripture that talks about the gifts ceasing. Not a single one. Right. So you can't pull just a Scripture and be like, there it is. When mm-hmm. some, some, like, hyper-reformed guys will try to be like, when the perfect comes, it's like, that, that, that meant the Bible. It's like, no, dude, that <laughs> meant, like, <laughs> resurrection and all that. Calm down, Durbin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like, like Durbin's cool. I, I dig Durbin. Yeah. No, he even was doing the but sermon I was listening to. Not everything. Like, Some of you guys in here are charismatics, and that's fine. Just don't get weird. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, um, I will say this: the earliest of Paul's letters, like the one to the Corinthians, contain the ones about the gifts, and then the ones later on, especially when he's instructing Timothy and Titus, the ones near the end of his life, he doesn't mm-hmm. say anything about the spiritual gifts. Now, again, that's an argument from silence. I'm just saying they're much more in line with sound teaching, uh, uh, conduct for a shepherd, et cetera, things like that. So that's another. What do you, can I ask you, what do you think about uh, different baptisms of the Holy Spirit? Ooh, Ooh, that's a topic. So from what I know, there are three camps, three different views, general views of the Mm -hmm. baptism of the Holy Spirit or baptism with the Holy Spirit. One is the Pentecostal view, which is there's a, you get saved and there's a second work of grace and you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So you get double saved. Uh, double saved. And then there's the, I guess the uh, more. How do they think that's uh, speaking in tongues? Do you have to speak as, in tongues? As evidenced by speaking in tongues. Dude, which where, is, dude where do they get that? That's not in the Bible. Which is, which is interesting. Um, because that's that's even changed. They've 
a lot of Pentecostal denominations have not. Don't say that. Let anymore. me let me say that. Let me rephrase that. There's a lot of Pentecostal churches who have realized the error mm-hmm. and and saying you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Unless you speak in tongues. I mean, I dude, I can pretend to be. I can pretend <laughs> yeah. to be in the Holy. Yeah. Dude, uh, we I was at a and this this worship night we had over here. I was in prayer and like we did little prayer circles. Yeah. And this dude totally was like fake. Uh, and I was like, and I was like, just stop, dude. Nobody, this isn't real. Like, <laughs> dude, I see Andrew with one eye open. Like, dude, shut up. I'm watching, judging. Him. <laughs> so, no, okay, no, but so you were talking about the there's three, the three. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's three different camps. That's the that's the like traditional Pentecostal view. Then yeah. you have like the more I guess what you would consider the reform view, which is once you enter, once you accept Christ, mm-hmm. you are baptized into the body, one mm-hmm. body. So you have the spirit, mm-hmm. and then the third. Well, wait. It wouldn't that even be well reformed? Even if you're an infant. Uh, uh. <laughs> Well, yeah, you would yeah, hold yeah. to that. I wouldn't hold to that. But isn't that, isn't that, don't reform people, reform people believe in infant baptism. Oh, no, sorry. Presbyter- reform Baptists. Only Presbyterians believe yeah. that. Okay, yeah. Pres- Presbyterians and Anglicans. Whereas, like, generally Baptists, Baptists say Those you have to people. be of age. That's what I would say. And you have to yeah. be, like, cognizant to be able to, like, commit your life to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the, and then the, the third. This baptism doesn't say Wow! <laughs> Incredible. Your brother actually like gave me a lot of great arguments on the yeah. on the covenantal side. But hang on, what's the third kind? The third kind is is the Wesleyan view, which is uh, you can like you're getting redunked in water, mm-hmm. so you have many baptisms of the of the your baptize your baptism baptism with the Holy Spirit. So it's like a. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but then as you grow with Him, mm-hmm. like you, I, I hate, for lack of a better term, and I don't know if this is the most accurate way to describe it, but it's like a rechargeable battery type of thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where like you, you get <laughs> multiple physical baptisms, like, not in water, but just like spiritual. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, that's, with that's, the Spirit, dude, which. That's, if you, bibl- that's biblical because um, yeah, it talks yeah. about uh, the, the Holy Spirit getting poured out, and then a couple chapters later, the Holy Spirit, he, he, Paul gets topped off by the Holy Spirit, and then he gets taken over by the Holy Spirit again. Yeah, but is that a baptism? So, it wasn't a baptism. Because Paul says you it, were baptized with Christ. True. Yeah, right. I, I, I wouldn't call it a baptism, but that's where a, I think it there can was get a filling up with sure, the Holy yeah, Spirit no, for again. sure. Yeah, and but Jesus, and Jesus was fill, was full of the Spirit, and then after his baptism, he was filled with the Spirit, or one of those things. So there is some scripture on that. I think my question though would be, when I what I read is, you're saved, you're regenerate, the Holy Spirit indwells you, and then Paul talking about the gifts in Corinthians, he's like, do all prophesy? Do mm-hmm. all speak in tongues? No. Now he says that you should eagerly desire mm-hmm. all of the gifts, mm-hmm. but why is it not just like, oh, you have two believers, or a group of believers, some are gifted in tongues, some are gifted in prophecy, some are gifted in teaching, some are gifted in uh, whatever. Why does it have to be like this, like, where is this idea of this distinctive second outpouring of four specifically four tongues or prophecy. Well, to be honest, it, what do it, you hold to? It, well, it, the Pentecostal view originated with 
Pentecostalism 120 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that a lot of Pentecostal churches have changed their view over time. Meaning that originally it was, you're not saved unless you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then it oh, became, yeah. Yeah, yeah. then it became, uh, it's a second work of grace. You're still saved, but you just don't have power. Then it became, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're saved. You're yeah. just... Dude, it's like in a video game. It's like the skill tree. I mean, <laughs> it's like the skill tree in a video game. You have three skill points. Now you unlock Holy Spirit with me. Exactly. With, <laughs> yeah. It's just more. <laughs> and then it was baptized into service, and now it's, well, you don't have to speak in tongues, but there is a second baptism that happens. Mm -hmm. And for what, what I think, I think it's really confusing language, one, but number two, I think to say, like, I think if you look throughout our history, our Christian history, um, I find it very hard to believe that like that was always the view. You know what I mean? What was always the view? That there's a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, or a second work of grace after salvation. Now, I, and it's a one-time thing. What I think is more in line is, the, is somewhere between the Reformed and the Wesleyan, mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, you grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit and God will mark you mm -hmm. and you can have like a baptism with the Holy Spirit experience. Mm -hmm. um, but I think once you're in Christ, like the spirits come mm -hmm. and I think. And that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. that's your that you're mm -hmm. so you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But then there's I would say that there's there's a journey that you have to walk in an intimacy that you have to grow in. And that's often marked with experiences or a tangible presence. I agree. I just wouldn't and, refer to it as baptism. Yeah, a, lo a lot, of, a lot of times, I think that happens, or namely with the charismatic culture, it happens with speaking in tongues. You do not. I do not personally think you have to speak in tongues to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's marked with intimacy and a deeper desire to pursue God. Mm -hmm. So. And, and I agree with charismatics that you have, every believer has to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Yes. You right? mean saved? Is that no human, what? You mean saved? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> saved. We all have to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. The thing is, nobody knows when it happens, you know? Right. Because it doesn't correlate to like when man physically dips you in the water. And I can prove that my, my, my great, like, you know, because people really emphasize baptism and, and yeah. at passion, they really talk about the physical baptism. And I and people's minds are what I said because they're Baptist. Yeah, passion. <laughs> Passion's not Baptist. They're they are essentially Baptist. No, they, are, they are. They are Baptist. They are the most non-denom. They're Southern. They are Southern Baptist. Southern dude. Baptist. Southern <clears throat> non-denominational Baptist is different than like Reformed. Baptist. Daniel's being Peter right now. He's denying his denomination. Dude, <laughs> you would agree there is a massive difference between Passion City Church or even well, I don't even want to use Woodstock Baptist and or like Johnson Ferry Christ Baptist. Covenant or like. Uh, uh, Christ Covenant is Reformed Baptist. It's a mat. I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, y'all. If y'all think there's the same, no, no, no. I'm their, messing difference with you. Dude. In their application, no, dude. Difference in their doctrine. Louis is not a Calvinist. Are you sure? A hundred, dude. I think Louis is a Calvinist. Okay, let's say he is. Passion City Church doctrine is not Calvinist doctrine. 
It's uh, not a. Do you think it's anti-Calvinist? I think it's. I. I, I would just because he doesn't talk about it. I think it's. I think it's. Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I think it's non-denominational, non-distinctive to where it's like anybody's welcome. So, which is fine. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but but the, the whole. Oh wait, real quick. Acts nineteen three. Into what were you baptized? Peter asked. And then like there's other verses about like. Uh, Paul saying that you were baptized with him in death and then you were raised to life with him. Mm-hmm. How is that not talking about regeneration? It is, but not phys- it's not talking about physical baptism. Well, but we're not talking, mm-hmm. but right, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're not right, talking about right, physical yeah, baptism yeah. either. So Agreed, yeah. Anyway, I know we've been going long, but... Uh, but hang on, one more yeah, thing about baptism, just, for, just because a lot of people don't talk about this. When you go to a Passion City church, people often think physical baptism is baptism and... We know that there are two baptisms. There's Holy Spirit baptism, and then there's physical baptism. And we can all prove this right now by saying we all know people who have gotten dunked and weren't saved. And Katya and I always joke that, like, you know, didn't take this time. Had to dunk dunk him again. So maybe maybe it'll take this time. But it's like, yeah. Water temperature is just a little. He's a swimmer. Yeah. Holy Spirit baptism is necessary, but it could accompany... Hopefully it does accompany physical baptism, but it could also not accompany phys- physical baptism. So none of us knows the time when we were baptized by the, whole, the, the Holy Spirit, you know. So. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Again, that's mm-hmm. a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. And then the outwork, the baptism outwork is like the wedding ring. It's like the proclamation of like, yeah. like, hey, I want everyone to see this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. anyway. But and passion's not Baptist. Dude, it's, it's very Southern Baptist. Uh, uh, dude, Louis is a Calvinist. I don't think so. What makes you think he's not a Calvinist? One time we were at a service one time, it's like a year or two ago. And he, he was he, like, total depravity's not true, guys. Well, he, no, he was like, <laughs> nah, he was like, he was like, some people call them, they follow a theologian called, named John Calvin. What do they call themselves? And everybody's a Calvinist. And he's like, it's kind of funny to name, your, name yourself after a, a theologian or something like that. Like, I don't know. I find it funny that John Calvin did not invent Calvinism. That's, Jesus did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Paul did. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, but no, seriously, like Tulip. Yeah, but I, so that's tu- true. Like, to be fair, Calvinism does, is a good systematic for what he, what his institutes taught. Like, sure, sure, sure. But his followers came up with Tulip. Sure. No, like, to your point, to your point, what's interesting is that, like, Calvin, before I, like, even became there was a, Calvinist yeah, leaning. a lot of ideas that he wrestled with. But that, but also that Calvin is one of the most brilliant, uh, 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 articulate theologians to ever live. But because Calvinism is attached to him, anybody who's not a Calvinist is like, why would I ever read Calvin? But it's like, Uh, dude, Calvin has so many. Like, we wouldn't look at Spurgeon like that. Spurgeon was as Calvinist as they get. But people, like, on all spaces love Spurgeon. People love Chesterton, even if they're not Catholic. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, even if they're not Anglican. But Calvin's the one where it's like, I can't can't read Calvin. Yeah, when you become too big, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So lastly, to land it, or did you have one more thing? No, no, no. Lastly, to land it, um, give us a word. (laughs) Right now. No, just kidding. Lastly, where do you feel like the like like the like the modern Christian 
twenties, thirties, whatever age, how should they, how can they find that balance? How can they, how can they mend the silent divorce and walk by the spirit, be open to the spirit, the power of the spirit, but also hold to uh, sound doctrine. And also what is mm. the silent divorce? I haven't heard this term. What, a, what it was in the quote that I was reading oh, earlier. In, in, in the church, there's and, been a divorce. Some have gone with the man, the reform guy. Some have gone with the woman, the, the spirit. And that it's like, there's like... Women are more, sorry. They're my comforter. <laughs> I've heard wow. charismatics tell me that the Holy Spirit is a woman. Refer <laughs> oh to her as a she. It's non-binary. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly. It doesn't identify. I mean, <laughs> technically, God is spirit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, he is, but... Yeah, silent divorce. Some mm-hmm. some kids go with the parent. Some mm-hmm. some get, mm-hmm. go with the mom. Just talking about the extremes yeah. and not like being in the middle at all. Word centered versus spirit centered camp. So how do we fix that? Hmm. I think one, read your Bible. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> and number two, grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? Second part. Prayer. What if I was like, by reading your Bible? Um, uh, pr- prayer. Prayer for sure. Yeah. And being active. like Community. Practicing the gifts. Hmm. Serving. Hmm. And what do you mean by practicing? Whatever you are called to do should in you? the kingdom. If you're a teacher, you should teach. Okay. If you have the gift of teaching, you should teach. If you have the gift of serving, you should serve. Well, brother, I just have the gift of just like seeing like that God wants you to you know, buy a yellow shirt. If you're <laughs> if you if you have the gift of debating, oh, you should debate. Dude, I have the gift <laughs> and of never uh, correcting lose. people's theology. <laughs> <laughs> I have the gift of TikTok correction. That's the gift that I have. But I think in all ser- in, in yeah. all serious read your Bible. Pray, open to the spirit. Prayer pray. and obedience to the, to the spirit is how you grow, Amen, grow in intimacy with him. Well, and cool. then I think also to bridge the gap is to not... Yes, talk about that lastly, yeah. Is to not be so... Tribal? With your denomination, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think we would both agree that we would all agree that we know people who are so into their denomination Both sides. Yeah, yeah. 100%. that no matter what you show them or what they experience, they will find a way to hold on to their, uh, what they've been taught. Dude, there is yeah. nothing worse than just being totally committed to the secondary issues without even having a sense of curiosity. Yeah. Like, like, you see Paul talking to the Bereans and they went and searched the scriptures. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we mm-hmm. should be doing. Like, that's what yeah. you and I do, dude, when we yeah. disagree yeah. on stuff. Like, we'll look at the word, we'll mm-hmm. go through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you'd agree, we've even had moments where the Holy Spirit has literally led us to a text or something where we're both yeah. like, oh, I guess that adds more context to it, mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. no, this is the systematic that it has to fit in. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you should be religiously committed to the gospel. But like, the secondary issues, I'm not saying you can't have a stance on it, but ultimately, like, be curious and sharpen and talk and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah. Number, f- or what were we going to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Number four, I would say church fathers, church fathers, church fathers. Yeah. Go, church go, history. Go look at 
what the fought the church mainly the church Augustine. history. Just look at a gut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at myth. how look at their views on things. Yeah. Look at their culture and what they were speaking to. Um, and don't quote them out of context. Like like a church father, you mean like like John MacArthur, like Tertullian, like like Piper. Or, no, I'm just kidding. Well, that's I'm a, a joke. Uh, no, that's a church grandfather. No. Did, y- uh, did y'all know Augustine was black? Well, he's from uh, yeah, he's from uh, what North Africa. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. cool. Like that's when you see when you like whenever I have like a, a debate or like some side argument with an atheist, and they're like. White man's religion. I'm yeah. like, ah, uh, mm, here we go. <laughs> uh, one yeah. one question mm. I have for you, Nick, um, is: Do you think that this is uh, kind of as far as like, you know, churches dying in the West and Europe, but it's like growing in Africa, it's growing in China. Do you think this is a question? Do you think the future of like evangelism? is charismatic or is it reformed? Because I feel like reformed people are really bad at evangelism. And I feel like sometimes charismatic people are better at evangelism because you're kind of, there's something sort of like, if you're more plugged into the spirit and the spirit wants to share the good news with people, it makes sense that you would be more evangelistic. And I think, I'm not sure what I'm asking, but like, I think, and, and certainly somebody could be saved in like the most unbiblical charismatic church ever, and, but, but still be like, but there's something there. And like the Holy Spirit, and then they eventually pick up a Bible, sorry, <laughs> start reading the word, but it's like the Holy Spirit moved through a group of people in a charismatic setting to get that person saved, and then you can always grow in knowledge later. Yeah. You know, and so um, do you think the future of the church, it's, I guess it's like, you, you see what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you mind if I finish the, the, the last point I had? Yeah, yeah, sorry, on that? sorry. I, I know so how we This is do. so good. Sorry, I love to say, Yeah, I what love, do you think? What about this? Yeah, yeah. I love sorry, this. I didn't realize, I thought that, the, yeah. The, the, the next point, number five, would be, to, to bridge the gap would be to have grace for your for your church or your culture because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's let's be honest like the charismatics need to get over their like spiritual pride and and their signs and wonders and the reform camp needs to get over their just dire need for intellectual yeah, uh, yeah. proof of everything like yeah. sometimes the answer's right there and you don't need to like intellectually dissect it yeah mm-hmm. you know mm. um it's pretty clear, you know? Yeah. So grace, grace, grace. Um, no one's, you're not a heretic because, um, or you're not the devil's <laughs> tool. Tool. Right. If you, if you mess up on like not having a great culture of prayer, Yeah. you know, or if you overemphasize the word, um, we're all running towards the same goal. Hopefully. That's good. Do I think the future of the, of evangelism is with care or, or like is the i'm not sure what i'm asking the future of the church because let's be because for christianity to grow evangelism has to happen and i feel like i don't know do you do you feel like charismatic people are better at evangelism than reformed people not necessarily okay what what i think with our generation is that the, i i don't think you could not argue this but like the 
charismatic culture is definitely the most dominant Protestant Christian culture right now. It's mm. the fastest growing for sure. Mm. Fastest, fast growing. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> culture wise, I think the charismatics have built a bigger network. And so naturally, mm. I guess the more intentional Christians that you meet are going to be quote unquote charismatic. I think that's mm. kind of to Andrew's mm. point too, though, right? Because it's, it's like that would be, is that not being better at evangelism? Then like this is our little. PCA or Reformed Baptist Church, we're setting it up here. We're the frozen chosen, and if you want to get saved, you can. If yeah. you know it's his, you're probably going to hell. But like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll but I know, see, brother. I know very. I know Reformed men who are very passionate about yeah. evangelism, and hmm. I don't think it's like, are they better or not better? I think there's the, the dominant culture in our day is definitely charismatic. What, what makes you what say I, that? What makes you say that, that the dominant culture in our day is charismatic? Well, look at, look at the, look at the worship music industry. Hmm. Look at um, the preachers, pastors who are becoming more and more popular. Hmm. Um, yeah. They're, they definitely come from more. It's char- not Paul Washer. It's not Paul Washer. Yes. not, <laughs> you know, um, whereas hmm. like, I'd say 20 years ago, it was Piper, coming up Francis Chan right who's charismatic now yeah but he's still he's still like he's reformed charismatic (sighs) sure who's charismatic now Francis Chan oh Hmm. yeah a lot of reform guys are even like oh I don't know what's up with him yeah Hmm. Francis Chan like spoke yeah he's like now yeah Hmm. so I would say I lost another one I'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) I would say I'm in line with like yeah Francis Chan like yeah. that's that's uh, he's a vibe, dude, dude. I love Francis Chan, man. Yeah. I've I've been destroyed by a lot of his messages. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it interesting how like a charismatic person will be like, oh man, the spirit really moved today. But a ref- the, the the way you know a reformed person heard, heard a good sermon is got really convicted today. Yeah, 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 yeah that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, got really convicted about my sin today. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, and I think. I think the the like the Matt Chandlers and the John Tysons are doing a service where they're kind of re- returning to orthodoxy mm-hmm. but being open to spiritual gifts and the spirit. Yeah. Without being super weird or like over the yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with, with that. With yeah. Placing an emphasis on on the study of scripture. And dude, anybody who listens to this podcast is going to like do you not want to mention the name of the church that you go to now? Do you want to avoid that? I mean, anybody. Let's not mention church names. Okay. Yeah, let's. Yeah, the let's... pastor of that church, though, is so, so, so in tune with the spirit, but also knowing a that he's in the South and that people, a lot of people coming to his church, haven't grown up in charismatic spaces, and also I think he's talked about how he's had some bad experiences with hyper Pentecostalism. Mm-hmm. So just guys like him as well. He's so grounded in the Word as yeah. that church is. He's so grounded in the word and like, and the spirit. So I love that. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, people like Francis Chan too. Yeah. For are, sure. are helping. Like, I think I was just looking at Francis Chan preaching at Jesus image, which what's Jesus image. So that's a church in Orlando. I think it is. And that is, um, Michael Koulianos and Jessica. Okay. So, so Jessica is the daughter of Benny Hinn. Um, so they're oh. very, very, very charismatic in terms of not necessarily their like hype, but charismatic in the true sense of 
all about the power yeah, but the of the thing spirit. Is, Benny Hinn's a heretic. He is. I, I can pull some statements, and this is. I have to say this. We have to I, real quick. <clears throat> One of my issues, and again, the the other side would be reform guys are like, no, if it doesn't fit in my systematic, you can't. You can't it's too weird. But I do feel like, dude, there's like these rubbing shoulders with like people who have made just blatantly heretical statements like yeah. uh, or word of faith I, statements and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, like, you know, the way Andrew and I, in all seriousness, the way Andrew and I were with Andy last week, like, dude, Andrew and I are from Atlanta. Like, we grew up listening to Andy. Like, do you, right, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, like we love yeah. Andy. We love North. But we have like most of the people that a lot of people that we know from passion, like, it's like this, him and Louie grew up together. Like, yeah. Like, so like, there's this, like, it's familial, but like, you're, if you're an error, you're an error. Like, we don't need to have our untouchables, whether it's the most reformed guy or whether it's whatever. Like, yeah. I think that's a big problem in our own camps too, is just like, yeah. no, dude, Some Paulo nobody's off, nobody's above uh, 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 re reproof. Like, nobody's above correction. So I just... Anyway, sorry. Well, and some, mostly his son, mostly his son, Costi Hinn. Costi's super reformed now. Well, yeah, but he basically gave people a look into everything that was going on behind the scenes and how, like, manufactured most of it was with Benny Hinn. And so, like, I'm yeah. not denying that some of it was real, but, like, a lot of it was manufactured, and his son has said so, you know. A hundred, yeah, what, his nephew. So, from what I understand, Benny has since repented... Uh, there's a video I did of him hear something about that, yeah. Explaining hmm. like, hey, what I did was wrong. Um, you know, not apologizing for the Holy Spirit, but apologizing for him not stewarding. For the Mercedes and the Ferraris. Yeah, no, basically. <laughs> and so I, I can respect that. Um, and certainly I don't, like if someone's daughter is is with a church, I don't, I'm not going to, you know this is Benny Hinn's daughter, so I don't follow the church. I mean, that's fair. The, yeah, yeah, so yeah. what I would say is, yeah. and what you, I think you would love is that the gospel is preached from that church. Like no other. The daughter's say, church. Yeah. Uh, it's Michael. Got and you. Michael Koulianos is the. Real quick. You say that I was thinking about, I think I sent Andrew a voice note on this uh, the other day. It's one thing, so notice in Philippians when Paul is talking to what you just said, he said some people do it for selfish gain, some people do it for pride, whatever. What do I care as long as the gospel is preached? And then later on in Philippians, he says, watch out for those dogs, those mutilators of the flesh. Paul is very lenient with people who are preaching true Christ, true Jesus, and ultimately the true gospel, no matter what their motivations are. Mm -hmm. He has zero tolerance for another gospel, though, zero yeah, tolerance. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I would say is make that distinction. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. like, it's one thing if like, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and I, and I would say their worship culture is uh, very, very good. At, yeah, dude, at Jesus I image. was just looking, I, there, there's a song called Yeshua yeah. by Jesus Image that popped oh. up. Yeah, I love I was that like, song. like, dang, I love this yeah. song. Yeah. But yeah, Jesus Image, they're good. Yeah, they're, and, and that's what I mean. Like, you can't, you can't call Michael Koulianos a heretic because he believes in healing ministry. True. Sure. You know? Sure. Like, the dude preaches the gospel boldly, like, more so than a lot of churches. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I would, I think. So, all, that's yeah. that's the only point I'm making. Yeah, I got but, you. Yeah. I think it's, Francis Chan going there is, like, evidence of what, like, needs to happen where there's this coming together of, like, word and spirit. 
kind of yeah, thing sure. or the emphasis of word and spirit yeah, yeah. anyways no it's good <laughs> Dude, I went to a uh, a couple years ago with with uh, Matt Stabell of all people. Yeah, he's charismatic. <laughs> oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> Matt Stabell's definitely not charismatic. Uh, I'm thinking of Palazzo. Yeah, yeah, Palazzo's yeah. charismatic. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. But our our friend Matt Stabell, I went to this. Uh, uh, it was like a healing Dude. night. It was like a healing night. I just picture Matt like. Dude, it was at this mansion in in uh, uh, okay. the middle of Atlanta that was uh, used to be owned by um, Tyler Perry. A healing night at a mansion. Yeah, but no, but it was it was no, it was a prayer and like there's a bunch of carpets and like some of the best worship music I've ever heard because like charismatic people are the best yeah. at worship music and they'll just like vibe on a song for like 13 minutes. Love it, upper room. Yeah, um, love it. But uh, that was awesome. the Psalms. <laughs> yeah, and the Psalms. Um, but once they got to the healing part of it, I was had no issues with it because it wasn't. There's was nothing manufactured. There was nothing fake. There they there wasn't even music. He would bring somebody up, and they would pray for healing, and they would pray for healing, and they would pray for healing, and then there was no like, Slane, you got to be knocked back, yeah. and like there was there was no show, there was no like fake, and if it's possible, she experienced, you know, if she felt relief or felt like she got healed, she would say something. If not, they would just go and sit back down. Yeah, and it was great, and I was like, oh, that's how you're supposed to do. Uh, uh, healing. It's not supposed to be this like big show where like, um, um, yeah, you know, it, there was another charismatic church I was at where th- th- we know this. We all, as a uh, my friends, we know this girl who is handicapped. She's crippled, and uh, the pastor from a church that we know yeah. said, uh, uh, "You're going to be healed this year from the pulpit." From the pulpit. In front of the congregation. Yeah, and here it is, and she's not healed like two or three years later, and so like. Oh. Yeah, we got to be careful with that. Yeah. Those kind of things. Yeah, speaking so. things into existence. Anyway, <laughs> any any closing thoughts? Daniel, Nick, Nick. Daniel. Uh, no, I. And also, you, you've sharpened me a lot. Uh, your knowledge of church history is beyond probably anybody else that I know, especially within our age group. Um. Uh. Please don't go Eastern Orthodox, uh, <laughs> uh, dude. I like Eastern Orthodox more than Catholic. I, there's some there's some things that I like about Eastern Orthodox. Like what, dude? There there when when I've read stuff from Eastern Orthodox, like iconography and praying yeah. to saints. Do you like that part? <laughs> Gonna make Daniel dude, cry, <laughs> dude. Early church had early church had icons of Christ. Did they pray to them? No, I'm not down for praying to them. But, but well, the Easterns do. Daniel's about to divorce you. <laughs> the Easterns do. They do. If it's not Baptist, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying don't pray to a canvas painting. That's all I'm saying. Dude, the Presbyterian Church I grew up in, they are literally about to tear down their stained glass. <laughs> Because they're like, people are people might be worshiping it in their heart. It's an image of Jesus, and somebody might look be, at a book. <laughs> it's like, dude, what? Uh, should we just destroy all of the Christian art throughout history because no, the yeah, possibility of, of somebody not. might be worshiping it? We know. No, I love art. I'm just saying, just, just don't pray to it. Uh, but dude, uh, Eastern Orthodox is more legit than Catholic. I don't Catholic. know. I don't know a ton about it. Nick Ca- knows more dude, about it. Catholics are like blatantly heretical. Well, that's not the gospel. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. we have to say this now that we said that because if there's somebody, ca- I love how Joel Webb and they asked him. They were like, "Do you think that Catholics are saved?" And he's like, "I think that there are some people who claim to be Catholic who are saved. They're just bad Catholics." And I love that. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's, the dude, gospel. you know, there is some woman, there is some Spanish. 
60 year old woman in Cuba who totally. grew up Catholic and totally. but she loves Jesus she understands he died for us and that's and she's saved yeah. Yeah. Roman Catholic doctrine yeah and the Council of Trent it, he literally says if a man says that uh, he is saved through faith alone apart from works he is to be anathema he is to be cut off yeah. well then you've denied the gospel yeah. like so yeah. in my from from my view so yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Eastern Orthodox I don't know a ton about it but I just hope you don't go Dude, just don't bring over a picture of Benny Hinn and start praying to it. That's all I ask, bro. Uh, what about you? Final thoughts? And then we'll let Nick close it. No final thoughts. Nick, close us out. Yeah, final thoughts, man. I, I love this. This was this was good today. I appreciate both of you and this discussion. Um, yeah, the, the Lord, God is good. Yeah. Yep. God is really Do you good. Do you want to pray? And, uh, sure, I can pray us um final thoughts though like i think i think it is important to never stop pursuing the debate in your mind of like maybe not debate is the right word but never stop exploring who god is that's good you Uh, never have it figured out yeah and what what he's called you to you know um yeah god is God is above our ways and above our thoughts. And the more we seek to understand him, I think. Dude, this guy brought up a verse the other day in Proverbs where it says, it is the glory. I love this, dude. It is the glory of God to keep things hidden and mysterious. And it is the glory of kings to seek them out. I just love that. So it's like God loves mystery. God loves. Dude, if we had it all figured out, what fun would this universe be? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um. Any other thoughts? No. Yeah. Okay. Nope. All right. Yeah. So let's pray us out, Nick. Yeah. In tongues. <laughs> Should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Civic. Uh, Father, I just, I thank you for what you're doing here. And thank you for this podcast. God, I love uh, that we can come and, and um, explore you through different thoughts and theology Lord, I'm, I'm in awe of how I've gone throughout life and just seen you work in so many different strands or different camps of, of Christianity. And I just pray, Father, that we would continue to pursue you and um, that you would call your church um, to, to love you, to continue to love you and... Um, yeah, we just give you honor and praise right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Warm fuzzies and baptism. Bye, guys. <laughs>